I heard it myself. So, okay, I put up First John chapter five, verse fourteen. I think you might enjoy tonight. If you can just hang loose just a bit, just shake it, shake real good, just relax, <laughs> kick your shoes off, y'all stay a while. Some of you don't know what that's from. Huh? Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. Yes, okay, there you go. Um, Verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in who? In him. That if we ask anything... According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know. Say that with me. We know know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We know we do. Everybody knows that last part. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Right? You've all heard that. But let's back up to verse 14, and we got to get this part. This is what I want to talk to us about tonight. According, say that with me, to His will. According to His will. We have to ask according to His will. In order to get what we're believing for, what we're asking for, in order to get everything that we're saying we're standing and and desiring, in order to get him to even hear us, we have to ask according to his will. will. So how do we even find out his will? Well, we can find out his will one of two ways. We can find out his will from his word and from his spirit. Okay? Okay. So, in his word, I've got some scriptures written down here that we're just going to read. Don't panic. We're not going to stay on them. I'm going to read them to you from his word. Then we're going to go on to the next part, okay? So, don't stress, okay? (laughs) All right? Isaiah 119 says this. If you be what? Willing. Willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured. Now, there's a lot of people that are being devoured and they don't even know why. A lot of people's stuff is being devoured. You know what devoured is? Have you ever seen a plant that's gotten some kind of worm on it? And it's eating it up. Just eating it away. That's the way your money can get. That's the way your health can get. That's the way things in your life can get. It can be just like one of those leaves on those plants to where it's just being devoured. And there's nothing left there. It's just like holes in it. It's just empty. There's nothing there. Well, that's when we need to go back and find out somewhere along the way. Like Brother Hagin said one time, Lord, I'm, I'm obedient. I'm doing exactly what you said. He said, yes, Lord. The Lord told him, yes, but you ain't willing. So you have to do both of those. You have to be willing and obedient. So uh, we, we want to find out about some of that stuff. Okay? Then in Ephesians it says this. 
It says, and you all know it, Keith's taught on it a bunch. We're not going to spend any time on it. But I want you to hear it so you can refer back to it in your own life later on. Ephesians 4.28 in the King James. This should excite you. Not make you feel bad. It said, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing that is good. Why? Read that next part with me. That he, who is he? Show me a he in here. That would be every person in here, right? That you may have to give to him that needs. To him that what? Needs. So if that's the case, if you have to give that give to him that needeth, that means you not him that needeth. Don't don't focus on the first part of the verse so much that you miss the last part of the verse. It, that you have to give to him that needeth, so you ain't the one that be the one that needeth. You have enough to give to somebody else that needs. So you hear somebody comes up, it's Christmas time. I sure could use an extra $500 to buy Christmas with. Oh, no big deal. Here. At the leading of the Lord, he'll say, give it to him. Because mm-hmm. yes, you have it to give to mm-hmm. him that needeth. Yes, you are not the one that be the one that needeth. Yes, now, that's the different way of thinking of that, right? Yes, but you got to get from being the one that needeth. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one is his spirit. We hear from him by his spirit. And I'm going to get into some other stuff real quickly. I just want to lay a foundation real quickly for you. Hebrews 4.16, you know all these verses that I've read you so far. Hebrews 4.16 says this. You all know it. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find grace to help in your time of need. So everybody in here should be able to come boldly to the throne of grace so that you can find grace to help in the time of need. Right? Okay, the New American Standard says it this way. This is the part that I want you to get. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, let me ask you a question. Who is at that throne of grace? It's not a confusing question. Who's at the throne of grace? The Father God. Is at the throne of grace. He's, he's the one that you're going to. He's the one that's in your mind's eye. You're, sitting, you're thinking he's sitting there on the throne. Right? That's where you're going to to obtain what you're needing. It's from Him. It's not confusing. Why don't people want to go to God in their time of need? 
Usually one of two reasons. Again, trying to lay some stuff here, and then we're going to get into a couple of other things. One, they don't know that they're supposed to. The other, they know they're supposed to, but mostly they're unwilling to hear what he's got to say because they don't want to do what he's got to say. They've been there before, and they don't want to do what he's going to tell them to do, so they don't want to go back there. Make sense? So a lot of people won't go there. So the title for tonight is The Source of Supply. The Source of Supply. Now I'm going to tell you a story now, and I think you're going to like it. When Keith and I first got married, it wasn't any time... I think you've all heard these stories until we found out about Rama, and we found out that we were supposed to go to Rama. Well, when we found that out, we began to pray, and we began to ask God about it, and we began to say, Lord, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to do this? Are we supposed to do that? Well, he made it very, very, very clear to us exactly what we were supposed to do. Keith was supposed to go to school, and one of the very first things that Keith and I ever got in faith about was at the direction of the Lord, that I was supposed to get a job. Now, you might think that's dumb, to get in faith about something like that. But we knew if I didn't get a job, it was going to be very costly to us, whether Keith could even stay in school or not. So we joined, we, Keith and I, joined in faith about me getting a job. It was supernaturally miraculous the way that that worked out. I'm working there for a doctor at the time. The doctor... Of all the times of the year, just happened to be... Now, this when we found out that Keith was going to go to school... Now, just let me lay it out for you so you understand how just supernatural this was. Keith went and I went to camp meeting at the end of July. Camp meeting at Rama is in July. And he got an application. School starts in September. How long is that? Not even a solid two months, right? Okay, not a solid two months. So during that time frame, we knew that he was supposed to go to school. So we did what we were, was necessary for him to go to school, and we got in faith about me getting a job. Well, it just so happened, right? Major coincidence that the yearly seminar that this doctor that I was working for was supposed to go to in Kansas City. Now, we are in Mississippi, in Podunk, Mississippi. You ever heard of Podunk, Mississippi? (laughs) Keith says it's so far back up in there that they had to pump sunshine in for you to get sunshine to it. (laughs) But anyway, this is where we are. Little bitty, bitty, bitty town in Mississippi. 
So who's going to know Phyllis Moore? Who's going to know that she exists? God knows Phyllis Moore exists. Do you understand what I'm trying to get across to you? I didn't need to know everybody in the world. I didn't need to know this person and that person and everybody else. All I needed to know was that person. I just needed to know God. He has every connection you will ever need in your life to accomplish everything you're ever going to need in your life. You don't need 6,000 people praying. You don't need 6,000 people to know. You just need the right one person God needs you to know. So during this short frame of time, from the end of July, which we didn't even tell anybody until the 1st of August, because it was the end of July, we didn't even, we prayed about it until the 1st of August and didn't even tell a soul that we were going. So he's going to this meeting in the middle of August, and it just so happens that the doctor that is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the school is in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 15 miles apart, happens to be going to this very same meeting at the very same... They could go to 10 different meetings throughout the year. But happened that they went to the very same meeting at the very same point in time and happened to sit down right beside each other at the table in this meeting. Now, the doctor from Tulsa says this. Now, Keith and I prayed and agreed. That was the only thing in our life that we had ever agreed upon at that point in time. (laughs) We prayed and agreed that I would get a job. This doctor looks at this doctor. They're talking about people to run their front desk. And this doctor from Tulsa looks at the doctor that I'm sitting, he's sitting next to, the one I was working for currently, and he says, man, I wish I had somebody good to run my front desk. And he said, where are you? He said, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, where are you? He said, I'm in Mississippi, in Carthage, Mississippi. He said, oh. He said, you know what? I got a girl coming your way. Would you be interested? He said, she's real good. She's running my front desk now. He said, she's good? He said, oh, yeah, she's good. Just don't ask her to type. (laughs) (laughs) He said, she's a real people person, and that's what you need to run a front desk. (laughs) And so I quit there on a Friday and was supposed to start at this other job He called me on the phone, and I'll never forget it the longest day I lived. We were in our mobile home with the red shag carpet and the imitation leather furniture and the plastic bar and and that the stove didn't work and the oven didn't work and nothing worked in. The heater didn't work. We were in this, and I don't know, I don't recall what I was making at the time, But I remember getting this call, and our phone was kind of sitting on our bar. You walked in the front door, and as soon as you walked, 
you know, it was a mobile home. It wasn't huge. So you walked in the front door, and as soon as you walked in the door, the bar was right here, and the phone was just right there as soon as you walked in. And we just, both of us, happened to walk in the door right when the phone rang. And there was no cell phones then, you know? So if he would have missed me, he would have missed me. And so I answered the phone, and it was this doctor from Tulsa. And he said, hello, my name is Dr. Trevelyan. I said, what, 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 what did he say his name was? And I couldn't spell it for the first year I was there. <laughs> and his name was Dr. Trevelyan. And he said, uh, that, the doctor there tells me that you're coming here and would you be interested in coming to work for me? And I, if you come to work for me, this is what I'll pay you. And I almost fainted when he said it. Because Keith and I, not only had we agreed that I would find a job, but we had agreed that this job would be enough to pay for everything that we needed so that Keith wouldn't have to work. Because Keith needed to be involved in school, doing everything that he needed to do in school. So when he told me that, I mean, I'm... I, I just almost passed out. And he said, when do you want to start? I said, Monday morning. He said, okay, I'll see you Monday morning. We left there on a Friday, and we got there on Monday morning, and I, we didn't have a place to live. He said, you might want to find you a place to live. I'll pay you, but you just find you a place to live. Because we didn't agree on a place to live. <laughs> we agreed on me having a job. We didn't think it would be hard to find a place to live in a big city like that. But we did think it could be hard to find a a job. But the reason that I am telling you all this is because I want to ask you a question. Can you bring things to pass in your own life? You can't... Let's say it like this. Could Abraham put that ram in the thicket for himself? Can you heal yourself? Can you bring the money in yourself? Can you make things happen yourself? All these things are through him. See, that's where people mess up. That's why we heard some yeses. If you do this equation, let me show you an example. Dan, Dan, get that chair. Let's see where we can set it. Set it right there. Set it right there. That'll be good. Cameras can get it good, I think. Back it up just a little bit. Sit in it. Dan just became God. Let me explain. (laughs) I think this will help you. I really, really think this will help you. Okay? All right? Tom and Amy, come here. Shireen, come here. Jordan, come here. We'll just just have a conversation here just a minute. I think the cameras can get us good. They can see us right here. All right? 
I tell you what we th I think we need to do. I think we need to build on a great big expansive room on the end of my house, Tom. I tell you, that's what we need to do. And it, it needs to have this and it needs to have this. And we need to put this in it. Shireen, you make sure that the money's taken care of. Jordan, you make sure we have all the things that we need for it. Tell them, give them a list of everything we need. Amy, you help them with the decor. Tom, you find everything that we need. Let's just do it. Let's start it tomorrow, okay? Don't y'all think that's a good idea? I mean, it'll look nice, won't it, if we do that? Don't y'all think it's a good idea? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay? We made a decision. We're going to do it. Okay? They all agree with me. It's a good idea. There's nothing wrong with the plan. We got the plans. We got everything done. We made a decision to do it. We talked it over. We got a good plan. We, drew, we, we went to the architect. We drew up the plans. We, we spent time on it. We did everything that was, was right that was needed to be done. Is there a problem with this? What's the problem? Huh? Huh? Is there any place in this Bible that says it's okay for Phyllis to build a room on her house in uh, November, December, January of 2016, 17, 18, 19? Is there anything in this book that says that? No. So then what do I need? I need something in here from talking to something up there. Because what will happen is I will get in the middle of this building project. And I'll get in the middle of this situation. And I'll be crying out to God... God, why is my money so short? Why am I having so many problems with these contractors? Why did they mess up everything, God? Why won't anybody do the way we asked him to do it? Why are we in the middle of this and having so much havoc? Why can't we find the things that we want? Why are we short $100,000, Lord? We can't finish this. You said you'd supply all my needs. You said you'd give me the desires of my heart. You ever heard anybody confessing those verses? What's the part that they left out? Well, let's put the verse back up there on the screen. 1 John 5, verse 14. This is the what? Confidence. Confidence we have in Him that if we ask anything, anything, you can ask Him anything, but, say but, but, but it has to be According to His will. The reason that we can believe God for the job 
in Tulsa is because he said, you're supposed to work and Keith is supposed to go to school. Now, if I was supposed to go to school also, guess what? There would not have been no connection. There wouldn't have been a doctor meeting another doctor and sitting side by side. And I could have gone and he could have looked and we could have searched and we could have met up. Thanks, guys. Met night and day and believed God and cried and prayed and not had enough money. And we could have gone there and never had enough money to eat, never had enough money for tuition. And we could have blamed God every day and said, where's the tuition money, God? You said go to Bible school. You said go to Oklahoma. And go to Bible school. And all he would have had to done was say, yeah, but I didn't tell you to go. I told Keith to go. Because it's according to what? His will. It's according to his will. Have you ever gone to take a mission trip? And you should, you just decide, okay, this is a good time. They're going. They're getting up a group. What's wrong with going on a mission trip to Israel? Everybody knows that's a good thing. How could that ever be wrong? Huh? Oh, no, I just stepped on so many toes. Huh? How could getting married ever be wrong? When you don't find out what this book says about it, or you don't find out what he says about it, we had people coming to to Rhema all the time. All the time. And they didn't hear from God. They just decided, I'm packing up and I'm going to Bible school. How can be going to Bible school ever be bad? It can be bad when you didn't hear from God. And it wasn't according to His will. And you get there and you think God let you down. And the devil convinces you God let you down. And you never have the confidence to trust God again because you convince yourself that God was your problem. Because you're in Bible school and you're hearing the Word every single day and you convince yourself it's God that's letting you down when it wasn't God that let you down. It was you doing something God didn't say for you to do. It wasn't according to his will. And maybe you should go, but maybe it's in 10 years from now, like I did. Keith went back in the first of the 80s. I didn't go to the middle of the 90s. Do you understand? There's things in our lives that we do, and we get in the middle of them, and we're thinking, God, where's the money for that? God, where's the grace for that? God, where's the favor for that? And he's like, I didn't even tell you to do that. And we're on a path and we're trying our best to believe God and we're talking to a wall because God's not in it anywhere. 
And then, then we get disappointed when we don't have it. And God's thinking, okay, come on, come on, come on, come back to me. And we, then we get to a point where we won't even go to God because we're upset with God. And that's not God's plan for us, guys. It's not His will. It's not His way. His plan is that we be in good enough shape that we can give to those in need. That we can have a surplus. That He became poor so that we could be rich. And it's not hard. It's so easy to become rich. All it takes is us doing and hearing what He says and then... Doing it. But we have to hear from him either from this book or from his spirit. Do you know, even the disciples, when I was studying for this, I went back and I wanted to see. I thought, well, the Old Testament and the New Testament, I found all the times that it said, David inquired of the Lord. Abraham talked to the Lord. They were constantly talking to the Lord and getting His direction on everything that they did. Or they would inquire of the prophets. Even we just read, you remember? The prophet always tells me something bad. You remember reading that recently? But they still inquired. They still wanted to find out because they knew that was the only way that it was going to go right is when they found out. So then you get to the New Testament and you look at it, and I just just look up the word disciples and type that in. And every time you see the word disciples, or you type in one of their names, you can read a couple of verses before it or a couple of verses after it, and they're always asking Jesus a question. Jesus, why this? Jesus, why that? Why didn't we do it this way? Why didn't we do it that way? Jesus, why can't we do this? Jesus, why didn't we do that? Did Jesus just answer what he wanted to answer? You've all heard Keith teach over and over again. I only do the things that I see my Father do. So Jesus is doing what he sees the Father do, and the disciples are doing what they see Jesus do. So there was a chain of command. They were hearing from the Lord. So does that all stop when Jesus left? No, he gave us a greater one on the inside of us that we're supposed to be checking in with constantly. Constantly. Every time we go to do something, every time we take a step, every time we go to turn, we're supposed to say, Lord, what about this? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what you want for me? Is this your will? If it is, you're going to know. You're going to feel good about it. You know good and well how to hear from God. It's not complicated. Can you hear? Okay, I've I've asked you this question before. I'll ask it again. I'll remind you of how to hear from the Lord. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. Or ever been married? Raise your hand. Okay. Can you understand if your wife or your husband is upset with you without them saying a word? Huh? Do you get something inside you that you just kind of go, like that, if they're upset with you, right? 
You just kind of know it. Well, that's that same icky feeling that you can get inside of you if you know it's not the direction of the Lord, that you're not supposed to go that way. But you know just as well if you've done something good for your spouse and they're pleased with you without them saying a word. It's the same thing. You have peace about it on the inside. You have a yes, that's good on the inside. Well, it's the same thing when you go to talk to the father. Am I supposed to marry this person? Are we supposed to have kids? Am I supposed to take this job? Am I supposed to go to this church? Are we supposed to go to these peoples and help them do this and give them this money? You know it. Did you know that you could waste your seed, giving it someplace God didn't tell you to give it? Just because somebody says they have a need doesn't mean that you're just supposed to give it to them. You're supposed to inquire, not of Dan, but of the Lord. And ask him. And the way that you'll get the answer is on the inside of you. And as soon as you know according to his will, then you can believe God for the return on whatever you gave. And it will be multiplied seed coming back to you. But do you know you can't even believe God for the return on seeds that you didn't give according to his will? Because if you're anything that we do that's not according to his will, we're out of his will. And we don't ever want to be out of his will. We always want to be in the perfect will of God. And don't let the devil confuse you. It's not a hard thing to do. It's, it's just as easy as you getting up in the morning and you go to do something and you get that icky feeling about it. And you go ahead and do it anyway. Like, okay, we were going to build this room. Okay, here we are. We're all together. We're going to build this room. And I go to start on this room and I go, mm, you know, maybe this isn't a good time. Um, you know what, guys? Let, let's, let's hold off just a little bit. And a week turns into a month and a month turns into a year. And my finances stay good. And I don't have any problems. But if I'd have built the room, it could be like a domino effect. It's like, okay, the room started, then this happens, and then your money's already tight, so you kind of got out of faith already, so then the refrigerator breaks, and then the car breaks down, and then, because you're already wondering, did I mess up by doing the room? So then the devil just gets on your shoulders and says, yep, you messed up. You always mess up. You're never doing anything right. And that's his open door to start piling things up on top of you and telling you how bad you are and how bad of a mess up you are. And that's not God's plan. It's not his will for you at all. His will for you is that you make the right choice. But let me tell you some really good news. Keith and I have missed it before. That's not good news that we've missed it before. But the good news is, even when you miss it, God will bail you out. It doesn't matter how bad you've missed it, he'll bail you out. Now, I told you I was working for this doctor. And um, 
I told you I almost passed out when he told you, told me what I was going to make. Well, God used this doctor and this job to help me learn about faith. Now, most of you have heard these stories before, but it, it, it fits really good in here, so I'm going to tell it to you again. And maybe somebody will hear it differently this time. When we were trying to believe God for things, tuition or, or, or food so we didn't eat shriveled up carrots or whatever the case would be, we learned faith. And it was the greatest thing in our lives. But I was able to believe for certain things, a certain money to come in and I would get a bonus. Or a certain number of patients to come in and I would get a bonus. Or certain things to happen and I would get a bonus. Well, I got really, really good at that. I mean really good at that. Talk about working a front desk. If you came in with somebody, you had a, I could get you in the back. There was no issues, no problem whatsoever. So I got really good at getting new patient bonuses. And after so many, then I got a triple bonus on the new patient bonus. And, and man, I was taking home some dough in a hurry. There was only one problem with that. Keith and Phyllis Moore were little country bumpkin hicks that had never had money in their life. I mean, they lived in that mobile home, remember, until they got this job. They had never heard of having to pay taxes. They always got money back. Right? So anything we saw, we bought. We didn't know you had to put money back to pay taxes. We didn't know that you had to take more extra out because you were getting extra and all this other stuff. So we wound up owing a substantial amount to the IRS. I mean, when I say substantial, multiply what you're thinking. Because it was big. And we couldn't, we were digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And we... What happened was, here's a very good example of it, of what I've been telling you tonight. We went out and bought a new car. We didn't confer with this person, not Dan, God. We didn't ask God if it was okay to buy a new car. We were still babies. We didn't know we were supposed to do that. We didn't ask God, God, is it okay if we go get a new car? Because you know what he would have told us? We didn't want to know the answer. Why don't you ask him? If you can go buy a new car or a new house right now, what's he going to tell you? Wait. Get your stuff in order first. And most people don't want to hear W-A-I-T. Because we have flesh and we don't want to hear it. So we didn't ask. So we went out and bought a new car. And we didn't pay taxes. And we got ourselves in a mess. And the more the mess we got into, the bigger the taxes got. If you've ever owed very much in taxes, not only do you owe the taxes, but then you owe the penalty on the taxes, and then you owe the interest on the penalty and the taxes, and it can multiply daily. And it can get really, really big. 
Well, finally, we realized we have a mess here. And we went to the Lord and repented. Lord, we didn't ask you about this car. We didn't ask you about this stuff. We didn't ask you about this stuff. We just had some big eyes, and we never had money before. And we just went and bought it. And we're repenting. And we asked you to bail us out, Lord, and help us out of this mess we got ourselves into. You didn't do it. We did it by not asking you and finding out your will about what we were supposed to do. And do you know, it was just not any time at all. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but I I do remember this. It just was no time at all that this minister, we were there doing a meeting for him. And I remember we were in the hotel lobby. And it was awkward to us because we had not been around this stuff a whole lot. He came up to us. He was this big, pretty good-sized tall guy. And he said, Keith, how much do you owe on your taxes? And Keith went, usually Keith is very reserved. You know Keith, you know. And he said, excuse me? He said, do you owe some money on your taxes? And he said, well, yes. And he said, how much do you owe? And he told him. And that man said, the Lord told me to pay him off. He said, now I don't have all that in hand. A faith man. We learned from him. Because he didn't even have all the money in hand himself at the time. But the Lord told him to pay it off. And he started sending us money immediately in order to pay that off. And they were paid off before the end of the year. Now, so what I'm telling you is, maybe you've messed it up on something. Maybe you haven't found out the will of God on something. Maybe you didn't know you were supposed to inquire of the Lord on something. And maybe you've gotten yourself in a mess on something. Do you know that just as quickly as you got yourself in a mess on that, if you'll repent and say, Lord, help me get out of this mess I got myself into that I didn't ask you about. He'll help you get out of it. He'll help you get out of it. And then the next time around, ask him what his will is in the situation. Ask him if you're supposed to build that room on your house. Ask him if you're supposed to start this church in Sarasota. Do you know that was one of the easiest things we ever did? The church in Branson, the one in Sarasota. But what if we wasn't supposed to do it? Do you think it would have gone that well? It would not have. It's the very same thing in each and every person's life. There's things that you don't want to just take a step out in and and say, I'm in faith on this. I'm in faith. I'm standing. I've claimed it. Well, that's all fine and good, but did you... Ask the one that you're going to be claiming it from and expecting to help you get it produced and bring it to pass. That's what I was meaning by can you bring it to pass? How many of you are standing in faith for something? How come you hadn't already brought it to pass? Because you can't. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you can't. You only have confidence in the one who can. 
And you can only have confidence in him if, say if, you did it according to his will. You can't go to him and say, Lord, where's my money for this if he didn't tell you to get it to start with? Does that make sense to you? So we have to. We have to spend more time with him. We have to find out what he wants from us. We have to find out where he wants us. We have to. We don't spend enough time with him. Our time is very well spent with Him. And we can't just take somebody else's word for what His will is for us. You have situations now that are so confusing in this world of ours. Who's the head? Who's not the head? Who gets to say? Who gets to not say? That's a very good point. How do we know His will? You have to go to this first. If it don't say it in this, then you go to him. It does say it in this. If there's confusion about who gets to say who his will is, well, it's not confusing. You want me to spell it out for you? If Keith would have said we're supposed to go to Ramah, and I'd have said, but my family's here. Everything I know is here. I've never been away from my family. I'm just a little girl. We were 17 years old. You're going to take me away from my mom and my dad? And everything I know? Uh Uh-uh, we can't do that. I don't believe that's God. And we could have had a standoff. I don't believe that's God. So who wins now? Well, somebody better go to the Word and find out what the Word says about who wins. And the Word says that the wife is supposed to follow the husband and is supposed to adapt to him. Oh, no, I I did. I said it. (laughs) And I know that's not popular, but that's the way that it is. You, you do according to his will and you get his blessings and his benefits. That's what Isaiah was talking about. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Joshua 1.8. I didn't even, it's not in my notes, but you all know what it says. If you don't let this, the word of this law depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart, what's going to happen to you? Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll be in good health. But you've got to keep these words before you. We can't do it our own way, guys. We have to do it the way that he's wanting us to do it. And then we can bail ourselves from out from underneath the barrels that we've been under. We can get on top of the barrels and we can give to those who are in need then. We don't have to be the needy. We don't have to be the ones that's always coming up short. We were made rich. We were made rich. We don't have to be poor. We are healed by His stripes. We don't have to be sick. But we have to do things according to His will so that we don't open the door up wide so that the devil, the destroyer, can come right into our lives and destroy us. Right. 
So if we got off course, we need to find what his course is for us again and get right back on that course and do exactly what he asked us to do. Can you say amen? Yes, ma'am. I don't know if everybody agrees with everything, but that's what it was for tonight. So you can stand up with me on your feet and you guys can run, 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 because I'm not Keith. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really not hard. Let me, let me tell you this while they're coming. I had this in my notes, so I'll tell it to you. I know people in today's society call this works, but I want to read you these while they're coming. Every place in the Bible that I could find, every place, and I looked at several, that I could find that miracles happened and good things happened in people's lives, there was a qualifier. Do this and you'll get this. Do this. And you'll get this. Let me just read you a few of them. Fill the water pots and what's going to happen? You'll get wine. Go fishing and you'll get tax money. Go fishing and they caught so many fish, what happened? The nets broke. Uh, Peter wanted to walk on the water and what did he have to do? Get out of the boat. He had to take a step. The blind eyes were open. He said, go dip. There, there was something in every single one of them. He fed the 5,000. He told them they had to sit down into groups. And he broke it. Every single one of them there was. He took the woman with the, the widow woman with the oil. He told her to go gather vessels. And not a few. Um, he told the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. Um, he told the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. Let's see here. My page will turn. The woman with the issue of blood. She, this, he didn't tell her anything, but this is a good one. She knew it in her spirit. She knew it in her heart that she knew if she touched his garment, it was still an action, something she had to do. She had to reach and touch his garment, and she was healed. The Red Sea, what had to happen? He had to stretch forth that rod. Now, this one you all know. And I almost did this. But I thought the cleaning team really would not like me. When he told them the miracle of the manna. Couldn't he have just put manna in a little bowl in their tent for them to have it every day? Couldn't he have done that? He's God. But what did he do? What if I'd have taken a whole bunch of cornflakes and thrown them all over this room? That's about what it was, or even thinner and lighter than that. What did they have to do? Specific instructions about what they had to do to go out and pick those up. Everything that we have to do in life, guys, we have to inquire of the Lord of exactly what's supposed to happen with it. And we need to find out from him if it's according to his will. And when we find out if it's according to his will, then we have total confidence to go to him boldly every time the devil tries to stop our finances, stop our healing, stop anything from coming. Then you have total confidence to go to the Lord and say, I'm standing for this, Lord. I know it's on the way. 
But that's why people are not getting answers to their faith. It's because they haven't asked according to His will. You guys got something you can